he's in power, then soon five will. Like I, like I said, uh, you go ahead and turn it on and go back out and I'll record it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we obviously had a few weeks in between, and, and uh, resurrection was there. Tim's not working. That's good. In um, realizing that uh, we're heading into Ephesians five and six are, are pretty pretty profound about how our lives should work and how we should live our lives out whether employees or wives or husbands or children or or warriors in the struggle and battle, spiritual battle. So it's a pretty pretty critical text and, and I'm pretty excited about going there. Five five is really the setting a foundation for what our hearts need to be like in order for our relationship power to be right. So, verse 5, 1 through 21 is kind of where we're focused today. Let's pray. God, I'm absolutely and totally grateful and thankful for you being God, for you being God, for you being holy, for you being other than for you being above all that. Not just being one of one of the images of God in the world you are. I thank you that we can I don't know why you want to think that you desire to have an image like Father, Son, Father, Son. Thank you for that privilege and set on Ephesians 5. Um, I don't know, we've just last two weeks have been uh, full with a lot of ministry, counseling of people, the right to be involved in a lot. It's been pretty cool, pretty good. You know what? It's 80 hours. And I would say that with the biggest part of it baseline on season five right here, what it talks about. Um, it's not just a, a anomaly of the last two weeks, it's an anomaly of the It's part of 
humankind to not understand God's perspective on purity. And I ask you guys to please open your heart. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing when it comes to sexual purity, when it comes to divorce and remarriage and some of the most, most profound things. The same people who stand so strongly on, we're not under the law, we're under grace. You know, we're not Old Testament, we're New Testament. So, we're not under the law. We don't have to. We don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. They're the same people that want to come up with rules about the taking fights that they do about. Let's see. How can I get remarried? How can I? How can I justify a divorce? Um, how can I? How can I come draw a sexual line of what is pure and what is not pure? Where can I? What can I get away with in doing it? Because we want to come up with some standard that will allow us to do what we want to do. Even though we don't say we're under the law, we want to put the law there in order to do some stuff to get away with it or justify how we want to live. You know, the bottom line is the relationship with God is not loose. The games see the rules. A relationship with God is supposed to be based on and is based on and is only rightly based based on Seeing, there's a verse in chapter, in, in chapter 5 a little longer that says, verse 10, our life should be about trying to learn what is pleasing to I mean, this, 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 is, this is a relationship with God that He has given us privilege and honor. In, in our, our trying to justify ourselves or justify our behavior or validate our lives or our lifestyle or our beliefs, that's a relationship with God Almighty and everything necessary for us to have And our lives are supposed to be about, our lives should be about, the response to that. What is honoring God? Honoring God and that's, that's, that's what our hearts should always be when we go to the Bible. It isn't to try to find rules that let us get away or tell us how to look like a good Christian so we try to act that out. So how we see what what it is. What do we establish this presence? This is the relationship from the heart. This is no longer the old testament, the old covenant. Now we have the spirit of God. God himself living in the heart of the temple of the living God of the most high God. And for God to be willing to take up his residence we should uh, life be about trying to learn. God calls us to be a holy father. God needs us to be God, God calls us to be a holy father. And you say, well, how can we do that? Because we're sinful people in bondage to sin. That's just the way we do it. I am God's okay with our sins. God's okay with our rebellion. And I had a couple of them done. With good hearts, with good intentions, I can do But on the other hand, these sweet little girls, one of them ended up being pretty, pretty full in ministry with this week in a pretty intense way, but both 
farming too. No, 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 God's fine. We can be in habitual sin. We can live in habitual sin. And God's okay with that. We can, our relationship with him can still flourish. Um, that is, I mean, that, 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 that has nothing to do with reality. God is God. God is God. And because of our rebellion, he says very clearly, his wrath. In verse, in verse 6, says, let no one deceive you because he lives. Okay? This is what we, this is what we preach these days because it makes people come back. There's no accountability. They can have both of us. They can live the way they want. They can live in their sin. They can live in their indulgence. And they can still feel good about their relationship with God. So we order church in ways to feel good about their relationship with God, but they're still in rebellion to God. That is not the way it is. But no one deceives you with empty words. Those are empty words. For because of these things, the wrath, immorality, impurity, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Well, this is New Testament. You know, this is Old Testament. The Old Testament is the wrath of God. No, it's the same God. It's the same God. And this is what God says. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Does that sound like he's okay with it? So do we believe what this says? We don't believe Because we have to go believe what the Bible says without a relationship with God in the past. The preface, preface to me, Ephesians 5, there's a couple other places I want to read real quick. He says this isn't just a one little place in scripture. This is, this is throughout this is throughout this book. Our relationship with God, be clear on this, our relationship with God is consumed with holiness and righteousness. We do not have a relationship with God. This is easy to say, well, unfortunately we have, we have some terrible preconceptions about holiness and righteousness is that we can't be moving. Look like monks and roads and fighting candles and speeches. Not running in the does, you know. Not wearing your hat. Um, dressing a certain way. You have all these preconceptions about how this is supposed to look. You know, and, and certain music and palms and light signs here. I mean, it's, 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 it's tragic. You want to exclude in trying to project holiness and life. And then the great deceiver is built in Europe. And, and we cannot place it on a dime of the moon. And that's that, that, is, that would be seen blasphemy. I love architecture. And I would love to go to, to see the architecture. But they're not placing it on a dime. They're not built with, with people who are truly trying to honor God. The, the way that they set them up, I mean, it's it's, a, it's amazing. They, they, they centered their relationship on this building, this right relationship with God based on this building. And that inside this building, somehow there's this spiritual state and state of holiness, the state where you're closer to God. And they were very good at doing this. They weren't just done. These people were brilliant. Stained glass windows and all the cathedrals were oriented in a way that the light came through in such a way that it created this easy, surreal. 
And there was this, there was this distinction between coming outside in the real world where you live and you drive in the work that you do and all that. And I just seem to stop and pause for a minute because once you go into the minute, in the church right here, because now this is the holy place that God dwells. And everything about it, the sound, everything on it, the lights were set so that, so that when, when the, when the, even the teachers later, you know, even after the Reformation, when they were teaching, that the light came and was shown on their face. So a holy man. And, and, I mean, they were, they were set up in, in ways to, to give this feeling that time to our own presence of God. The Bible says, I do not, it's very clear, I do not work. The holiness of any place, such a holiness as this, that you can do with the place, has to be the holiness of the church. It has to do with the righteousness. Okay. It has to do with the purity of his children. And we have come, we have come in our contemporary Christianity to have a very, very deep view of the church. I would just say that it is a misunderstanding of purity, God's purity, um, and having a relationship. This is critical. And if we have a misunderstanding of purity, we have a misunderstanding of relationship with God. God says that we are to have a pure, holy relationship. We are so profusely impure and immoral that we generally have a very hard time. God. God created from day one, he created the intimacy of a marriage relationship to replicate Christ in the church. And, and, and he, he created, he uses the past, intimate past, to become one step in sexuality, to replicate our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that sounds like true and wrong, that just shows that we have a sense of it's a long understanding of God. It should be a glorious thing. I, I, the church has been silent on, on speaking about sexuality with God's purity. And I'm not willing to be in Because the world is changing. The world is changing. The church, I grew up in church, but oh, we don't talk about this. That's, that's between the confined walls of the bedroom. And in this book, okay, it's in this book. And if it's in this book, I mean, if, if God did it to glorify Him, if God, if God created sexuality, orgasmic sexuality, to replicate our relationship with Him, we should, that is something we should honor. And give glory to God about, okay? This is not something we should go, ooh, we don't want to talk about this. Because why? Because the world is talking about it. The world is screaming about it. We cannot go through town and get through town without having the world scream something about it. Whether it's, whether it's a, a woman and the way she's dressed and, and, and advertising sexuality on some level. I'm not talking about hookers. I'm talking about the girl coming out of church. Okay? Or, or whether, or whether it's, or whether it's, 
a billboard, or whether it's the radio we turn on, the music we listen to, they are all speaking about a perverse understanding of sexuality. And if God can, if the Satan can keep us with a perverse view of purity, he's got us. Okay? He's got us in our relationship with him. Okay? In our relationship with God. He's got us. Because we will be perverse in our understanding of our relationship. And this is not gay. This is the Bible talking about. Okay, so let me read a couple passages. Kind of set up chapter 4. I, the, the first one I think that is, that, that is kind of a foundational thing. And it's a verse that we should all have. Memory. You should all have it's Romans 12, 1 and 2, okay? It's something that we should all be speaking daily. We should all be reciting daily. Be very clear. Your mind will not be renewed by listening to the radio, okay? Your mind will not be renewed by just, just going through life. Your mind will be, be, be renewed by putting the truth of God in your heart and in your mind, okay? And reciting those things and speaking those things. And that's not, that's not blind robotic conditioning. Okay? That is, that is changing the perception of truth. From, from a deception to a rightful perception of truth, okay? Romans 12, 1 says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your body a living and holy sacrifice. A body means your bond, okay? The word for body there means this, just is gone. Not some spiritual part of you or something different. It's this fleshly body. It says, I urge you, therefore, by the mercy of God, to present your body a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is what? It's your spiritual act of worship. Wait, you're talking about presenting your body a living and holy sacrifice. Is our spiritual act of worship? We want to, we want to separate our worship. And this is something where I feel good. And this is something where I jump up and down. Or this however we do it. This is something where I'm solemn. Or this is something wherever. Depending on how you're raised doing this. Right? How did, what does he say our spiritual act of worship is? Presenting our bodies, our physical bodies, as living and holy sacrifices to God. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. What? That which is good and acceptable and perfect. So, so this, Christianity is, is not what we dummy it down to. Like I said, the people broke, it broke my heart both of them saying in different ways they're roommates. So there is a tie that they, the statement that God is fine with our sexual immorality. God is fine with habitual sin. And yet, and yet we can still flourish in our relationships. Is that what this says? That's not what this says. That's not what the Bible says. There's another in Colossians 3, let me read it, because it says it again in another way. Five says it too. And you say, well, David, this kind of thing is not focused on sexual things. I'm speaking what the Bible says. The Bible is focused on okay? Because God knows the propensity of man. God knows the propensity of man and kingship in man. And this is, this is him. If then, 
chapter 3, verse 1, the first 10 verses are saying, listen, please listen to this. If you have been raised up with Christ, what's that mean? Remember we talked about it a lot of times, that if we are baptized into the death of Jesus, what's that mean? No longer I can do it. That means I've given up my life. Then what? I can be resurrected along with Christ by the same resurrection power that changed my life. This is a supernatural infusion. Do not get me wrong. I, I am in no way implying that this is about white knuckling and shrunk. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. When I talk about sexual purity, when the Bible talks about sexual purity, this is not talking about trying to be good. Okay? This is talking about honoring God as God and surrendering to Him. This, this is talking about supernatural transformation of being born again. And outside of that, you're in trouble. You're just going to be a child, like a spirit. And that's pretty interesting. You're not going to get it done. You're going to be powerless in your ability to live a righteous and holy life. There's one way, and it's being born again. And you must be born again. And how are we born again? By dying. So he says, if you've been raised up with Christ, if you've been born again, keep seeking the things where Christ is, above, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on these things above, not on the things you deserve. For you have died. Okay? You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, therefore, consider the members of your earthly body. By members, he means members. Members, eyes, ears, hands, legs, members, including sexual members. Okay? God is, the the word members means that. Individual parts of your physical body. Okay? That's what the word means. Okay? You can talk. He says it, consider the members. I don't need to name specific members he's speaking of, but he says, consider the members, okay, of your body, of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed that denounce to idolatry. Okay? For it is on account of these things that what? God looks the other way and has rose-colored glasses on and doesn't see your sin. And get your credit card out and say, do you pay for all sin? And you're under grace, so you don't have to worry about it. Is that what it says? Or does it say, for as an account of these things, that the wrath of God will come? Well, this sounds like a little bit of fire and brimstone. Well, this is what the Bible says. Okay? This is what the Bible says. Okay? But this is not, this is not, and, you know, I don't always preach like a Southern Baptist preacher. I'm very sorry. <laughs> It, it, but that is what it's speaking of. It, it, it's not getting wrong. This is not God overlooks it. God doesn't see it. God doesn't care. We're under grace. We don't have to follow this law. This is commandment to God how we should live. Okay? It's a tragic thing. We say we're not under the law. Well, did God? Did Jesus? Let's just say Jesus. Let's let Paul and the rest of the people. Did you get commandment? What is the commandment? Does that mean we well, can do this as a, is that a suggestion? Yeah. 
or, 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 or is he absolute about it? Okay? A commandment meant, this is the way to have a right relationship. What does he say? The one who has my commandments, wait, this is the New Testament. Oh yeah, that's Jesus speaking. He's kind of a New Testament, actually the Old Testament too. But he's a New Testament guy when he's speaking. He says, this, if you have my commandments and keep them, that's the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose. I will show myself to come to you. You want to know who Jesus is? You want to know who God is? Be obedient. And what is being obedient? Earning favor with God? No. He is God, and He has said something. And, and what you have a choice is: to honor you as God, or do I not honor you as God? That's our choice. Okay? It's not a matter of trying. It's not a matter of work. It's not a matter of being good enough for God accepting. It's a matter: of, do I honor God as God, or do I not? For on some account of these things, the wrath of God will come. And in them, you all once walked when you were living in them. Okay? But now, you also. Put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abuse, and speak from the mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created Our view of God determines. Our, our, view of, our current view is Cultural view, and even, even our church view. Our church is, well, I, I say the big church in America. So 70% of this country is state of one in This is a horrendous Because this country would not look, would not be acting, would not be parenting, would not be doing business. If we, if we, if that was true. That is not true. But those people have been lied to and told that. There's no doubt. The, 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 the dominance of those people, you know what the biggest problem is? They have a very dangerous way. And a very ideal way. So we, we, we live accordingly. Because we will live by our future. True. All of us, your life is determined by your future. So living in sin and impure, that's because of your view of God. And that is because you view God like you do. Ephesians 4, there's just the first part, because it says, chapter 5 is, let's see where we're going. In chapter 4, there's a few verses, 20 to 24, because it's such a precedent. Says, but you did not learn Christ this way. Okay? The biblical, there is a biblical perspective. There is a true perspective of Jesus Christ. We don't get to create him in our own image. We don't get to decide what he said and didn't say. We don't get to decide what he has already told us. Because okay? he's not a God created in our own image. This is not a gospel or a Jesus created in our own image. This is, does not stray from the Bible. Is Jesus contained in the Bible? No, that's ridiculous. Jesus is not contained in this Bible. But is, is Jesus different from the truth that supernaturally has been inspired and written in this Bible? No, he does not. No, he does not. And you can say, well, I don't believe that. We're going to go, well, we can live in the relative. 
this Bible is the divine inspired of God. And that, that's not just a couple words coming out of my mouth right there. This is, this is a life pursuit that I am absolutely sure to be up in the world. Sure. And you can be good. There's the evidence there. You can speculate with something about how I want to believe in this. Pardon me, that's an excuse for that case. Well, I'm not sure if it's true, so I guess I don't really have to obey it, huh? But I'm not sure if it's true. Did you hear what he said about the wrath of God? He says that's the truth, right? He says in verse 20, he says, We did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught of him, this is true in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the answer, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. The deceitful desire of the lust of deceit. The deceitful desire, what do you think of that? That desire that you believe that it fulfills will fulfillment. That if I can have this desire, that I will be complete, that I will be happy, that I will be pure, that I will be whatever it is that those desires are. Okay? What's it saying? These are deceitful desires. The word lust is interpreted, the actual Greek word is interpreted lust or desire. These are deceitful desires that we all have. Okay? We have things that are contrary to the word of God that we say, well, that would make me happy. That would fulfill me, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, whether it's um gun, whether it's whether it's whether it's sex, whether it's whether it's sex without regulation, whether it's romance, whether it's money, whether it's whatever. We all have deceitful desires that we believe in ourselves. That we believe will make it happen. We'll make it successful. We'll fill it. What do we do with that? In reference to your former manner of life, that you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the life and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self. The new self, what does it look like? That's just kind of a pathetic fire that has eternal security. Goes to church and changes the external. Common says, the new self, which is in the light, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Does that look like to you to keep it in? Walking down? This, 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 this looks like, this is replicating Jesus, okay? This is replicating God. Does the Bible say that we are to be the image of God to this world? Okay. So what is that, what is that look like? What is that look like? God has equipped us, God has enabled us. The truth of the cross in the resurrection of Jesus, he died that was And he was resurrected so that we could participate in that supernatural power and rebirth. Born again. And it's a Christian statement. That's a reality, a supernatural reality that we 
close to absolutely transformed us. This is why you say, well, what's it, you know, it's not just about sex. It's not just about impurity and sex and those of God. Let me just say that God needs God's majority. And this is really the intent. We need God's majority of our wrongness in our relationship with God, our impotency in our relationship with God, our powerlessness, our immunity. Relationship with God and talk about as a case and session in mind. And this is, if not addressed, if not addressed, we will not know purity in our relationship with God. If you do not understand God's view of sexual purity, conform, be obedient to it, submit to it, you will never have a pure in my opinion. That's a, that's a big mouthful, but that's true. Okay? That is true. Unfortunately, we will come up with all sorts of appendages of religion that will validate our experiences in spite of the fact that our religion is in the We will give us all kinds of things to, to say, well, this validates it, and this validates it, and this validates it, and this validates it. And, and predominantly, that comes from of creating an organization where we validate each other in our relationship with God in spite of our sexual contribution. And that is one of the most objective. When we live our life to please men, we, 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 we live our life by the acknowledgement of men. And we think, well, that sounds like a real egotistical person. Well, guess what? We all are in this life. And we and, and that we, we, we live our lives in such a way that people say, oh, 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 yes, how's your relationship? My relationship's great with God. Okay, good, your relationship's great with God. Okay, I'm not with My relationship's good with God. Okay. What does that have to do? Anything. Yeah. It doesn't have anything yet. Good boy. Good boy. Mm-hmm. That guy serves me. That's true. Whatever. So, now it's double. Plus, I'm holding on to this self, this, this, Will you know, this this I have the right to have free will. So I even did a couple things this morning and I said, No God, I'm gonna get out of bed and go to church. So, see? I mean it's our duty. Deserve it. And, and I mean it sounds ridiculous. Go evaluate religion. Okay? Go evaluate religion. See what it see what it's for, what it's trying to do. What it's trying what it's trying to achieve. Give men the pretense and that, that false assumption they have a right relationship with God in spite of the fact that they are in direct rebellion to what it is that. The devil is fine. He's fine. He's fine taking you to hell with the presumed right standing of God and he's not true. This slide says, okay, what, what, what's our life supposed to be looking like? We've talked a lot about over the last couple of years is God, that is a born-again believer called a saint or called a sinner. And this is not semantics. This is, this is a, not, this is not Tony Robbins, positive thinking, okay? So think right about yourself and your beauty, okay? But, but this is very much understanding the state that we are in, are to be in, that God calls us to be in, that God has supplied us. 
supplied everything necessary for us to exist. What's it say? Therefore, verse 1, the imitator of God has beloved children. The imitator of God beloved children. What does that mean? Is this, is this get the rule book out and follow the rule book? Or is this seeking to know what pleases my God? Is this a little kid that mimics you? Every, every father has an incredibly sobering moment and multiple sobering moments when a child imitates his God's behavior. Okay? Alright? And, 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 it, 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 it sucks. and, and, and it, it was a very sobering thing. Okay? I mean, it's funny when they say words that they shouldn't use and they really will be ready in the first word in that word because they heard them out of the thing. Wow. But it's really not funny. And, and, and what, what's really not funny, what is, what is very sobering to us all, is that is the propensity of a loving relationship with God. Is it me? Yeah. And God is a perfect father. But our propensity shouldn't be to try to see if we can get away with or write a rule book or come up with a rule book and see what I can do and what I can't do. And, and, and it, 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 the, the, the issue is, do I really want to take and God is empowered to communicate. We just said a minute ago, what is our responsibility here on earth? To rightly replicate the character and nature of Jesus Christ. That's our responsibility. It isn't to save people. I'm sorry, I'm first your bubble. It's not to save people. We're, we're not saving people. That is not our business. Okay? That's the business of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the business of Jesus. Our responsibility is to rightly, rightly represent the true nature and character of the God that is in the earth. And to meet it by example. Not with our money. Not as hypocrites. But with our lives. That is our responsibility. That is the onus on us. And that isn't just David being a good boy. That is, that is, that is determined how do we interrelate? Remember? We are members of one body. And that body is Jesus Christ. We are the members of Christ's body on earth. Contrast that for a few weeks because the Asians are strongly in it. We are all individual, important, essential members. So how we function as a unit, as a body, replicates either falsely or correctly in each character. That's our responsibility, to live out the truth, is to imitate our Father, okay? to be imitators of God. Now, that's not, not kidding that people are going to be imitating God. God? No. Imitating? Yes. And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up to us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. An offering and sacrifice to them is a fragrance alone. That's a lot of meaning when it comes to the Old Testament and realizing that I mean, this is a phenomenal thing. I mean, God says often that the burnt sacrifice of the people and the fragrant aroma of the I just see how a different name. Right? Because they were burning animals. 
He was burning animal, hair, hide, and all. God said that was a fragrance. But do not let. But do not let. This is God telling you what to do. But do not let immorality or any impurity or greed even be named among you as proper means. Are we talking about sexuality here? Yeah. Even the greed. Even greed. An insatiable desire for men. The word greed, the word covet, the word lust are all intertwined. Old Testament, New Testament. And are often used interchangeably doing this, okay? There, and there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving a thing. Is that speaking about sexuality too? It is. Okay? He's speaking here about consciousness. This, the, the core of our, of our nature. In this, in this part of this chapter, God is speaking about the necessity of a pure heart in order to go on and love your wife. And have a right relationship with your husband. And be a father. And be a warrior. He's talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Okay? This is talking about where he tells us in flipping ourselves to God and how we stand firm. We stand firm with the breastplate of righteousness. This is telling you the breastplate of righteousness. This is essential that our hearts are conformed and live in purity. This impurity in our race is God. This is not necessarily talking, this is talking about the core of our being, agreeing with God about what purity looks like. Do not let immorality or any impurity or greed even be named among you, and as is proper among saints. The world won't help us. We're gone. We're enslaved. Right? We're held captive by an evil captive. We have no choice. We are born in rebellion to God. We are under bondage and we serve an evil master. The only hope out of that is God gives us the ability to honor him as God. We can choose to honor him as God or choose not to. There is no free zone in here. We are under bondage and captivity to sin, to the world, to flesh, and the principality and power that govern that that's a reality. We are either under that dominion or we honor God as God and we are able to be under this dominion. But those are the two choices that we live in now. And we are born in that bondage to sin. We are born in the propensity for immorality with our flesh, living out the desires of our flesh to be in rebellion to God and His All of us were there. Don't do not let it go, even be named among you. What does that mean? That's not conscious. How do we, how do we do it? What have we done in the church? Let's not talk about it. Let's talk about nice things. Let's not talk about immorality or sexuality. Let's not have it named among you because that's not, you want to throw a record. 
I don't know a lot about it, but one of them, one was a Victorian. The, 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 the Victorian age says, you did, did, never dealt with the heart. But it says, we're not, we're, we're not even going to have words in our language to speak about. We're not even going to have good words, because there is no good words. We're just, we're going to take all good words out of it. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to be very primitive, we're going to be very popular on the inside of this We even took those words out of our culture. God created sexuality. It's glorified him. We represent our relationship with him. This is a good thing. This is a wondrous thing. We as adults should, should live in that glory. Our children should be taught of that word, okay? I mean a young age. Well, it's still it and do, okay? Okay? Before they're perverse in understanding what the world views them, okay? They should be taught this is a glorious, wonderful thing created by God. And it goes on to say, this isn't just David, okay? There be, must be no filthiness and silly talk, or of course jesting, which are not fitting, but rather what? Giving a thing. Giving a thing. You could talking about even things. Selling six big weights. You think? What are you talking about? That's right. That's right. God This is my response for such right. Right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Glory in the fact that God gave us His name. What is this? Man. Glory in the fact that God set us free from the bondage of sin, which nearly universally means sexual bondage. You can say there, oh no, not you. Let's talk about eating to meet or something else. We're trying to hurt Sexual bondage is the fight of money. Okay? Does that lead? There's a very important principle that is true. And that's that purity satisfies. What does when you're fulfilled and you're satisfied? Does that cause you to be grateful? Does that cause you to be thankful? Impurity is impatient. Okay? Sexuality outside of a relationship of purity in a man husband wife relationship. Sexuality outside of a husband wife relationship is impure. Period. And I'm not talking about just sex of Susie next door. I am talking about your heart. Okay? I'm talking about your thoughts. I'm talking about your mind. That's the foundation. Who's next door to the result of whatever? The issue is your heart. You know, are you pure in your heart? Impurity, immorality is impatient. When you're, when you're unsatisfied, are you thankful? Nothing. What do you want? You greed? You want more. You want, you want, you want more. You want it fuller. It's impatient. Unsatisfied. Unfulfilled. What is it that God 
view of purity, then living in that will cause what? Giving offense. For this you know with certainty. This is God saying this. This you know with certainty. This is not speculation. This is not David's opinion. This you know with certainty. You can absolutely know this is true. That no immoral or or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. That's a huge conversation. Yeah. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. How do we look at this? For you were all formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk with children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but even and instead even expose them. But, oh, we're not judged, we're not taught, who are we? It's my own personal life. Okay? It says, what does it say? Does it say be quiet about it? Or does it say instead even expose it? The next, the next verse is verse highly, wrongly interpreted. Because we don't read it in context. So the one before it and the one after it, which is always a dangerous thing. Okay? We should always read the Bible and interpret, the Bible is the best of interpreting itself. Okay? You can pull a verse out of anywhere and justify your existence. Okay? That's not what the purpose is. It's the heart of God. When you take it out of context, you're going to get in trouble. In the context, says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. So we say, it's disgraceful to speak of the things that sexually around them. Is that what it's saying? No. It says it's wrong to whisper. It's wrong to speak about it. It's wrong to go. We don't talk about this. We don't do it. Because what does it go on to say after that? That all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Okay? For this reason it says, Awake, O sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, therefore, see, what, what's the concept supposed to look like? Okay? How is our life supposed to look? How is this renewing of our minds supposed to take place? How does our deceitful desires supposed to be turned around to the desires of God? The desires of a pure heart. It is not wrong to have desires. Strong, strong desires. We are to have strong desires. Okay? But we're to have desire and strong desire for what is right. What is holy. What is righteous. We are to have strong desires. How do we renew that thinking? How do we renew that mind? We don't do it by coexisting with evil and sin in our life and trying to have a right relationship with God. We have to agree with God about our impurity. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise in you, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Okay? This is, this is important to say. And that doesn't mean that you don't be your thing. Okay? 
So this is what we need to do, because we daily need to make most of the time. Okay. It's not the implication that it's making. It's saying, how do we order our lives in the midst of uh, a world that is screaming? There is probably not a culture that has been more perverse. We have a sexual need. We don't see it as that bad, right? You know it's much better. We don't see it as that bad because we live in the midst of it. We have always, as the general church, determined our morality by standing slightly above what we're doing in terms of both. We do it in our relationship. What do our, what do our relationships look like? What's our dating? Okay, what is Christian dating? Well, the world says this, but we go here. Okay? And it really doesn't matter if the world goes like this. We go like this. You could have said, this is where we are right now, pardon me. You know, God's standard has never changed. His view has never changed. His holiness, His righteousness, His view of purity, what He created it to be, is glorious. Truth of sexuality. Okay? It's never changed. It's here. It's not relative to the world. But we have split down and determined our morality, determined our what is right and what is wrong, what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable, by being by whitewashed the impurity of the world. Okay, you just don't have sex. I mean, I think in the last you know, we're in the midst of some pretty intense marriage counseling. And this last week it turned into some really intense girlfriend boyfriend counseling. Um, it was it was sweet. I just I thank God. The Spirit of God just moved and life changing. But again, they they were they they kept wanting to know well, where's the line? Where's the line? There is no line. There is need to be no sexuality outside of marriage. That's the line. That's what the Bible says. Sex is the marriage. Sex is for a man and a In thought, in intention, in pointing, in teasing, in playing, there is not to be sexuality. Pure sexuality is never outside of marriage. That's not. Holding hands with my daughter, I can hold my hands with my daughter. I can give her a kiss. I can put an arm around her. That's all good. Is any of it sexual? No. Okay. If any of it is sexual, it's wrong. Obviously, you'd say, "Yeah, really perverse." It's your daughter. It's no less perverse. It's not. Okay. It's no less perverse. Sexuality outside of marriage is wrong. That's the one. It's not what can I get away with. There's been some purity conferences. I know our kids are kind of raising their ear. Where, okay, you just tell you, draw a line somewhere. And you refuse to ever go past that. So where do I draw the line? Are you kidding me? Draw the line. Foreplay was never meant to be not end in climax. Okay? Alright? This is, this is not a toy and any tease and you play with. Okay? In holding hands in, 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 to be erotic, we'll play. Okay? Alright? And that's a good thing. You know? And, and, and anything, any sexual 
action goes on between a man and a woman is it's not necessary to know. It's not necessary to stop. That doesn't mean you're supposed to not have discretion in public. I'm not saying that. But, 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 it, but it, 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 it is not meant to put, put to not put brakes on. Okay? Teasing and toying with sexuality is immorality. Period. Immorality. Sexuality is meant to be in there. And this isn't that, oh, what a terrible rule. No. Why did God do it this way? Because he wants the fullness of eroticism and, and, and wondrous sexual orgasmic experience to be full and complete and replicate a right relationship with him. This isn't because God is foolish. God created it. God made it this way. Okay? This is a wondrous thing. This is not, you know, this is not through it. This is not to have any guilt or shame associated with it. Okay? No. No baggage associated with it. Nothing bad. This is supposed to be the intimate relationship between a man and a woman. God said in 1 Corinthians 7, my wife's body's not around. When he's speaking of her body, he means her sexual buttons are not her own. Okay? You got it. Huh? Huh? Pleasure hurts. And he says the same thing about me. My body is not my own. Certain persons and such. To her. Okay? Not for me to feed and boy and play with, but for her to pleasure me. And what's that relationship is that? Really good. Okay? Really good. Alright? That's the way it's supposed to be. Alright? And what does it preclude? Okay? A, a relationship better be good. Yeah. Because this isn't just for me to self-fulfill or self-gratify. Okay? This is about me wanting and longing to satisfy my heart. It's the giver, the gift that God gave me. Instead of me, I am not willing to allow Satan to say that it's his name. Okay? Because that's what he says. That's what he tells us in our culture. It is not Christian. He's not the church. He's not married couples for sure. Because they're kind of pathetic. It's a lie behavior of impurity and immorality. That's a lie. Unsatisfying, unfulfilling, and devastating in our lives. Period. And insatiable. And insatiable. Sexuality, and that doesn't mean you've got to have sex as much as you've ever had. And you've been hanging out for a long time. Okay? More than we ever have, Which is a good thing. Okay? And it's alright. You know, it's just, you know, you have to That's alright. You don't want to know specifics and, and your mind don't go there. Okay? It, that, that's not the issue. The issue is, it's a wondrous thing. It doesn't, satisfaction doesn't mean it means fulfillment. It means contempt. It means peace. It means joy. Without oneness, that's all. God intended sexuality to be a fire that welds you together. Okay? Into one flesh. Nothing between. No one should. Okay? Have you ever to weld something when it's got a whale on it? And this on it? Okay? Just come together. It causes a mess. Alright? It causes a mess. And sexuality outside of marriage 
this is the inside of marriage or house. It matters. This is not well together when there is impurity there. Okay? And it's the same thing. And outside of marriage, all it does is create scars and burns. It creates hardness in the heart, a hardness in the body that will make becoming one flesh more difficult. See, there's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that happens out of it. And, the, and all that fire does is create scars. Not help. Not becoming one flesh. Whether that's whether that's your, your individual bonding and, and, and entrapment and the masturbation in life, or whether that's between two other people, this is not better or right. This is something that causes hurt and pain and scars on our lives. They keep us from ever knowing the fulfillment of what God intends. Most people, the devil has so entrapped with his lies and deception that most people go through this life never experiencing the God intends. Never experiencing purity. Never experiencing this wondrous thing that God created for a man and wife to become one flesh. To weld it together. To make a powerful experience. And the reason that they don't aim is that there's not enough people dwelling in streams that truth down. This is the Bible. This isn't David. This is the Bible. And it speaks of sexuality. And it speaks, it speaks about it in a positive, wondrous way. And this is not the ground of the devil's sexuality. He has perverted it, demented it, trashed it. Okay? So how, how is our life supposed to be? What's it supposed to look like? Because this is a very important thing. It is essential that our minds are renewed. As long as we maintain the perception that sexuality is, well, it's not really right, it's not really right. But, but, but you know what? It's not really... It's not, you know, it's normal, and everybody does it. Not seeing it from God's perspective about this devastating destruction that it causes outside of the purity of marriage relationships. And, and, and by the way, I am in no way inferring that just because you're married means your sexual relationship is pure. Okay? Because most are not. Most marriages never know purity. Okay? A gift certificate, or a marriage certificate, or, or a or even even entering into that relationship, even in a right way, without realizing that it's a filed marriage business and cleaning that up will lead to devastation in the Period. Okay? Devastation. And something that will be difficult to get through. Tragic and difficult. In fact, tragic to the point that most marriages don't make it through. Okay? Do not make it through in the filed marriage or the filed marriage. Most marriages don't make it good. Don't get out. That's why entering in a state of purity with God's perspective, with no guilt, with no shame, so important. And if not, there's hope. God can wash us out of snow. God can put our sins as far away as the east is from the west. God can clear up and cleanse our marriage bed. And God longs to do that. That is, that's what Jesus died on the cross for. Okay? To take away our sins. To those who fear him. Okay? To those who fear him. He will put our sins away, far away as he is in the world. And we can live in purity. I'm a testimony. I'm willing to stand and shout because I subjectively know that. Okay? God redeemed. 
You do not think that David's being such a good Christian boy. Satan did everything with my misunderstanding about sexuality, and misunderstanding about romance, and misunderstanding, and, and, and not having God's view of it, just about did everything possible to devastate my marriage. My marriage is better than it's ever been. In fact, I would go so far as to say, and this is not just the right thing to say, up front when you're speaking, my marriage is greater than ever had hope. My marriage is my dream. My dream since I was just thinking about it. That's the most important thing in the world. It's not because David thinks it's because, it's because God has redeemed me. Because I understand his view of purity and his endurance of his movement and submissive. He knew my mind and that sexual perverse of, of, of this wrongful desire. That insatiable wrongful desire. How do you do this? Because I think this is important. Because we're still talking about the inward purity necessary for us to move on in our husband wife relationship. Because without sexual purity in your marriage, you just stop it. Purity. Purity. And in living, pardon me, a wretched state. I do not know how to explain that. That's how it's supposed to be. 
And that's how it's supposed to Because they, you know, our society is cursed, cursed with the effects of impurity. Cursed. Why is there so many stinking commercials for infants? You know where those come from? Guilt and shame. You know the song that that's an easy act? Absolutely. And it goes on with it. Guilt and pain. God is devastating and not pain for that person. And that's what it is. How do we begin? How do we begin this world that we live in? We all grew up, we all grew up in a very diverse place. Yeah. All of us. Yeah, a couple of generations ago. They were both diverse. And ours was extremely diverse. You can't be with the one you love, love it. And we just get on and on and on. And we get into perversely conditioned to be wrong with that sexuality. How do we need that agency? You be careful how you walk. Now there's money out of you, but it's wise. And making the most of your time because the way you believe it. How are we making it? So then do not be foolish. Right? But understand that the world is not be foolish because you can get you trusted. Right? Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine. Now be very careful. This is not a Baptist church that says drinking with wine, okay? Because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say it. And the Bible isn't talking about the problem here is drunkenness. You know what the Bible is talking about here? It says, do not get drunk in wine, because that is dissipation. That is wastefulness. That is a waste of your life. In an evil day, when, when the Satan is lying, and the culture is lying, and screaming to you about wrong views of purity, right? drunkenness is usually susceptible to those lines. Drunkenness is a waste of your life. What does Satan do? Contrary. This is the point it's making. It's not talking about drinking here. It's talking about being filled with the Spirit. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean? The word, the word filled is, is zero. Okay? And it means, it means make, literally to make full. To complete. Okay? You can see to make full of Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, what's it say? You will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Okay? How do we keep this? It's not about white knuckling. I'm going to try to be good, and I'm going to try not to do this, and I'm going to stop this affair, or I'm going to stop looking at porn, or I'm going to stop thinking that way about girls going down the street. You know what? You're screwed. Unless you're filled by the Spirit. Okay? And you are led by the Spirit, and you hear His voice, and you're obedient to it. So how does this work? Okay. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to. And let me address this. There's only there's only two more verses. Contain it in place. It, uh, I believe that there's a, a a translation here that makes it very difficult. Because how many of your Bibles are speaking to one another? Is there any New King James here? Uh, verse nineteen. Addressing them. 
speaking to one another, okay? The word one another is the issue here. The King James, King James Bible translates that word, and I believe more correctly, to yourself. The word, and that's not just the translation, the word itself, okay, is, it's Yusuf. H-E-A-U-T-O-U. It's used, that's the word. And, and, and the Greek word, YouTube, is used to, to say a couple different things. It's used to, to, what the word actually means, it's a himself. It's a person. It's itself. That's what the Greek word means. Right? So, that there are times, there are 13 times in the Bible where that word is translated in another. But, there are 91 times in the Bible where it's translated himself. There are 12 times it's translated itself. There is 19 times it's translated ourself. There is 48 times it's translated own. There are 44 times it's translated themselves. And there are 32 times it's translated yourself. Same word. The way we translate. Again, I believe what's critical is that we translate because the Greek word is a Greek word. And I'm good with that. But what is the why in the context of what's being spoken here did they use that translation? I think that's the wrong translation. I think the King James is the right The word, because you look at it 15 times in the New Testament, it's about, it, it refers to one another, okay, that is in yourself. Over 250 times, it refers to himself, the one thing. Okay. That's not to say that sometimes it isn't referring to, to us, one another. Okay. It certainly appears to. Why do we use a different word? I'm not sure. But, over 250 times, that gives me pause and ability. Because honestly, this is this verse has always been a struggle my whole life since I was a little boy. Because I just cannot get a picture of that book where it's easy and go around seeing the world. Okay? Yeah. You know, that is not what God is calling me to do. I'm confident of that, okay? Hang on, doesn't take this. But it says, it says, that the word says, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart for the always giving thanks to all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we, are, we are supposed to, and that, what this is saying, and you look at the context of the thing, do not be drunk, wasting your mind, your mind being idle, wastefulness in that. Be filled with the Spirit. And how do you renew your mind? Singing to yourself with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart to God. How do I counter by the trees of God, by the foundation of trees of God? Today we should say to God and my Father, there's no shadow of turning with you. Excuse me, I don't like to live with any there, there, there is no shadow of turning to God. You do not change. You can possibly do not change. As you forever will be. 
การฝึกฝนมีเสียงเสียงเมื่อไหร่เมื่อไหร่เพื่อจะเป็นเสียงเสียงนี่ Wait as I say to myself, my father. There's no shadow of turning. If you do not change, your compassion does not fail. As you have been, you will be. Wait as you say to myself. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Is that thankfulness? All I have needed, your hands provide. Wait as you say to myself. That is contentment. That is gratitude. That is thankfulness. We talked in the last few weeks about our free will, the positive aspect, the only positive aspect that I see of our free will is that it gives us the ability while we are in captivity and bondage to the world, flesh, and death. He gives us the opportunity to honor him as God. He says it in Romans 1. All men are given that opportunity to honor God based on the revelation he has shown in the three years. But it also says, The wrath of God comes against all men because of two things: because they chose not to honor Him, and they did not give. They did not. That means that you were weak, that you were unfaithful, that you were lost, that you were cutting, that you had the insatiable impurity in your eyes. And in those, we are never content. We are never grateful. We are never thankful. Our view towards sexuality and impurity should be grateful, should be thankful. Okay? Number one, as a single person, we should be extremely thankful. God has set me free from this bondage of sin. Because I do not have to be entrapped to the vicious cycle of lust and masturbation and 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 and, and looking and seeing and and bound up by the half-naked women that run around our culture and our society. And I can't help but think this way: I can be set free, okay? and that should give me great thankfulness. That should give me great gratitude, because that freedom is unbelievably free. That that freedom is sweet. That freedom is fulfilling. That freedom truly is. And I'm talking even as a married man. That freedom is sweet. And no longer am held captive. It's not just what men do, how men act. Okay? It's not no longer that. And I can be thankful to God for that. And I can also be thankful to God, both looking forward to and now me existing in. I am grateful to Him. My wife and I, perpetually, is an aftermath of grace and sin. Right? The point is true. Thankful that God has redeemed them. Thankful for the fact that God has given this thing. Thankful that inside of this financial stinking mess that I'm in right now, nobody can get out of it. Okay? Nobody can know this most. I might not be able to go to Baskin Robbins, but guess what? You know, you know, I can know something far more. The most glorious thing we can know is human. As far as Iraq fulfillment, as far as sensual pleasure that God has given us for living and the gospel and the relevant and I'm thankful and I'm grateful and God put our hearts to what do we think of? Um, we we sing a few of this. 
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. What a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. I've been purchased by God. I've been born of the Spirit and washed in the blood. My soul keeps on faith. It, that's renewing our hearts, renewing our minds, songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Living with thankfulness in our hearts as we're obedient. You want to, is that what you do? And you've just been immoral and impure and disobedient and rebellious with yourself. When your life is clouded with guilt and shame and immorality, are you singing songs of gratefulness and devotion? No, you don't. No, you don't. Whatever. Can't go for a motorcycle. Whatever. Don't have any bullets. Yeah. And the final one, that, what it says in verse 21 is a very, very important one that I'll leave Because it, this isn't about just our future. This is very much about everyone of you. From purity and purity. You can. You can know that. And if you want to speak further, please, because I explain the practice thing in the It's tragic. And that is devastating, marriage is devastating, relationships, individuals devastating. And it's not willing to stand on it. Okay? So I'm going to talk, there is hope, there is freedom. If you watch this, all the stuff, you know, that's me, if you try like me, I was taking my mind, this is God's show me that life shouldn't be doing this much better. It isn't just about our internal relationship. God is, God is loving God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's what we just want. That's what we just want. It might not sound That's what we just want. Regarding Him is more important than ourselves. Speaking what pleases a father and being obedient to it. Okay? That's the song. That's the other thing that fulfills all the law. The lovely neighbor is yourself. That's another way. Another way of saying that is verse 21. And be subject to one another in the He's going to go on to explain what that looks like. This isn't just about let's oppress our wives or let's be submissive. That is not what it's about. I am called above all to be subject. You, God, and so. So, we're I was doing this not a father that comes home angry one day, happy another created, created sexuality, but glorious gifts, and not only glorious gifts, 
go on and try to call and say, and the man to leave his life and mother, to feed his life, and he to become one flesh. This mystery of grace, which is sweet and inspiring and inspiring. God, we need to be given us the first hope that we have. We have served the glory of what He did. God, I ask you to give us. I ask you to give us all assurance of hope, whether that's spending time with each other doing that or other doing we do not sure in our relationship because it's critical. Because if that's not true, a relationship would be properly proportioned to that. You can't separate. God, please keep the security of the allow the Father relationship to be. He decides that we can think he decides to forgive them for all our past. He just rose from the dead from power of peace. We who are holy and to imitate our Father. We did it. He called us. He made it in. Thank you for allowing us to have the forgiveness of sins and empowering that I can truly live in today. We can all give in true submissions, freedom from guilt, and all of our lives. We can become one today. Thank mm-hmm. you.